recording? Okay. So let me give a couple of these. Match those up on the waveform, hopefully. <laughs> and we're good. I can push our magic button and start the audio if you've got the... If you guys are ready. Uh, yeah. I will be in just one second. Because <laughs> I'm not quite ready. All right. Yeah, like, I have my whole like, phone go, <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Speaking of that, when, when you guys put this up, what, what platform is this available on? All uh, of them. Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, any okay. podcasting platform. Um, and it YouTube. goes up with all the video and everything? Yes. Interesting. Yep. Um, we look, if you look now on our, hold on, I can. Da, da, da. I can send you a link to our YouTube. We've got mm, the last eight or nine episodes, I think, have video. I'll drop this in the chat. So you can see the last couple have uh, have video. Cool. Yeah. It's a good time. All right. Cool. I'm good to go. All right. Everybody ready? Yep. All right. I'm going to roll our intro. <laughs> and after this, Flo's going to do his lead in, and then we'll jump in. Let's go. Cool. I'm Sir Flo Bojan Thunderhammer. And I'm Teflon Frosthammer. And I'm Cabbage Tidehammer. And this is Whack. If Amp Guard Knighthood means anything, you can't knife a motherfucker and keep it. And the thing that people need to understand essentially about arts and sciences events is that your scores don't matter. Do you want a black phoenix or a white phoenix? Jeez, language, man. We're yeah, on right. a freaking podcast, for fuck's sake. Mind-blowing experience, right? Hello, everyone, and welcome to WACT, where we discuss topics important to the AmpGuard community at large and talk with interesting people from around the foam-fighting world. This week, we are going to be capping off our Flame Belt Month. And we have two special guests on. We have returning Sir Kazan Mander and his squire, Squire Cade uh, Mander. Say hello, guys. Sorry, I need to grab a drink. <laughs> so uh, a little... Hey, how's it going? So a quick follow-up on this. Uh, I actually just pulled the Trello card. Do you know how long this interview has been on our to-do list? Oh, uh, let me guess. Five months? Uh November 18th, 2020 is the, the day this card was made. So it's been in the works for a minute. And yeah, we've got number one back. Uh, we have Cade. How's everybody doing? We know. Yeah. <laughs> so doing, doing well. Got my, got my second vaccination. So ah, nice. congratulations. Um, you know, yeah. Well, I got two yeah. more days and then I have mine. <laughs> yeah. Mine's nice. Friday. That myself. <laughs> So to catch you guys up, we have been interviewing uh, Flame Knights. Uh, this is the end of our belt series where we take uh, and interview four different people from every belt, and we always cap it off with the Knight and Squire combo. Um, we could think of no better Knight and Squire combo than you guys to cap off the very last one of these interviews, our Flame Belt Month. Uh, you have uh, both been a big part of what has been going on in Winter's Edge for a very long time. Um, and this is all about telling people a little bit about Flame Belt, uh, talking them, uh, talking to them about your experiences specifically, and then giving some advice to new people who are interested in looking into this particular path of knighthood and some advice that you may have for them. Uh, to start off with, we always ask how people got in. Kazan, I know that you gave this story way, way back on our first episode, uh, could you give us a very, very quick recap of how you got in? 
<laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I uh, <clears throat> I uh, had a roommate who uh, knew this guy from Aladdin's castle that was trying to get him out to do this like foam fighty thing that was like, you know, live action D&D. &D. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, he's like, yeah, he wants us to come out and give it a go. So I was like, yeah, that sounds pretty neat. And I was rather interested. Um, but uh, it, I, I really encountered it when I uh, went to the um, uh, the Hogtown Medieval Fair down mm. in uh, Gainesville, Florida. And um, they're having this clue game going on there. And we played the clue game, got to know some of the, the amp guarders and things and, uh, and uh, heard about what was going on and uh, saw some of the, the, the wacky bats and uh, decided to go ahead and give the number a call. And that number had uh, the, just the, the name, the Baron. So I went ahead and called up <laughs> and I'm like, so, can I speak to the Baron? And by the way, this tiny little squeaky voice is what answered the phone. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then there's this long pause, this long pause. And then all of a sudden I hear, Dad! <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, sure enough, the, uh, 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 Sir Bjorn, uh, at that time, Spar Bjorn, got on the phone and started talking to me. And we found out all about it. And it turned out there was this amazing park that was like five minutes from where I was living. <laughs> And uh, it was uh, one of the very few grand duchies uh, throughout the uh, whole game. And uh, we were having pretty consistently like 40, 60 fighters in the field, maybe 10 to 20 uh, um, non-coms all the time. And uh, it was just a blast when they're out. I would, you know, uh, can't look back. It was great. <laughs> and just as a reminder to our longtime listeners, this is Darkwater East and became I believe was the largest park on the East coast for a period of time. Uh, I don't know how long, um, Goldenville proper may have challenged it for on those numbers a little bit, but, uh, it was a huge, huge park for a very long time. Uh, thank you so much. Cade, how did you originally get into amp guard? And if, if amp guard wasn't your first, first boffer, how did you get into boffer sports? And then how did you transition? Okay. So actually you, know, you say that, the first time I encountered foam fighting, I was working in a Boy Scout camp. And oh, wow. one of the other guys who worked up there with me had done some Nero and was writing his own game. And I was into, you know, D&D &D and mechanics and things like that. So I was helping him with the game. And we did a little bit with that. And I can say that the, the sticks we used were less than safe. Uh, <laughs> they had, the, you know, that... That thin stuff that we don't even allow for courtesy pad wrapped with duct tape. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it was designed to be a lightest touch system. I'm oh, not sure that's how we always played it. <laughs> um, but, you know, we were we were teenagers working at a, at a Boy Scout camp for the most part. I understand that at some point he ran that game out in Mississippi somewhere. Oh, interesting. Um, but I, I uh, you know, I brought that back, did some with some of my friends, um, you know, in like 99 early 2000 and uh somebody we stopped when somebody got whacked real good actually two of us got whacked real good i took one to the head and make your jokes here um, <laughs> and uh but a little bit later i was at a ren fair and because i'm a big old nerd i was wearing a full suit of leather armor and in the summer heat of georgia <laughs> and i walked into one of the stores and uh a, a wonderful young lady at the royal clothiers uh at the Georgia Renaissance fair came up to me and asked me about the local amp guard park as if I knew what it was about. <laughs> Apparently she was from El Paso and had done, done amp guard before. And I just said, amp what? Tell me more. 
Um, and she did. And I ended up um, getting in contact with Sir Squeak, uh, Kazan's former knight, actually. And uh, and started meeting. I was probably one of the first three or four members of the park. And it was me and Sir Squeak and Sir Rift um, and uh, his, his wife and another guy named Phineas. So I started in my park as one of the only non-knights in the park that was consistently there. <laughs> no pressure, uh, right? Huh? No pressure, right? <laughs> no, actually, it was really good. I had been fencing not long before, and so uh, so I did pretty well fighting right off the bat. Um, and, of course, Squeak was friends with people like Glenn, now the Mallet of Providence, and he came up and he, he showed me that the rabbit hole was a lot deeper than I realized. Um, <laughs> he and Brennan and people like that. Um, but that's that's how I got into Amgard. I was I was walking around like a big old nerd wearing a suit of leather armor at a Ren fair, and somebody asked me about the Amgard part, much like if you wear a blue polo and khakis and a Best Buy. <laughs> yeah, and to fill to because there was some names mentioned there that a lot of the people in Winter's Edge nowadays aren't going to know. To fill our audience in, uh, Sir Rift was a old 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 school sword knight. I think he was a three belter. Um, and, uh, he was really famous back in the day. I remember him because he always rode to the park on a Harley. All of his nice. gear was strapped to a, uh, I don't know if he still did that at the time that he, uh, that he was coming out to you, uh, see you guys. But for the longest time, he would just ride out on a Harley with all of his gear. Uh, we mentioned Squeak before that's, uh, Kazan's night. She was, uh, pretty much the reason that the kingdom was able to form. She was a lot of the early organization for us and. Uh, was a was a big part of that. So it's interesting to see where you plugged into all of that right on the the ground floor. I remember the first time you and I met was at Big Ridge, where I uh, got my ocular cavity cracked. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. And I, I still I still feel bad about that, even though I'm not the one who cracked you. I did turn you right into it. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Cade is the reason that it happened because he ran up beside me and went, "Flo, booga booga booga," and I oh, turned, God. and the guy smacked me right as I was. Uh, right as I was doing it. So, um, the, the, and those are one of the reasons why we need to have weapons checks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Man, do we need to have weapons no. checks? Folks? So we had weapons checks there, but I paid off the person that was checking weapons. Literally. No I handed them cash. Not a single person will believe this one. Yeah. Was it, who was checking weapons at that event? I mean, no one. Oh yeah. Time, I couldn't remember no one was who it was, weapons. uh, at that time, but no. <laughs> I thought I thought for sure it would have been Teflon, right? Like, <laughs> no, Ampguard worked differently back there. then. Ampguard worked differently back then, but I really did give the person cash that was checking weapons it to allow my weapons. Yeah, to <laughs> allow my weapons through. We shouldn't laugh about that. It's not funny. It's it's a little funny. <laughs> I was pulling up the wiki pages for for Caden Kazan. I don't know if you have you seen Kazan's picture. Oh, it's great. I have seen that picture. I did not realize that is the one that was on the page. You look like (laughs) Fabio. (laughs) He like the wind through the trees. It's very good. So um, I know that the I know that the guys have some questions for you. I wanted to get us started off here. And for this this is gonna be a question for both of you. I want to start with Squire Cade uh, on this one. Cade, um, you had a everyone has kind of a long path to their uh, to their belt, but you have been around the kingdom and doing things for a very very long time. Talk to me a little bit about your early time 
working around the kingdom and doing things because I don't think a lot of the audience was around when you were doing that. And I think it would be really useful for them to hear what that was like. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> can you remember, can you remember that long ago? We used, we still use CRT. Cade's uh, actually older than I am. True. Yeah. It's yeah. True. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, the going back, like, I don't know. I think I got my first rose for like picking up trash as many people do. Um, the first big thing that I remember doing, um, first two big things I remember doing is when we, uh, when we kind of rebooted Iron Springs, sport in the tunic, Oop, wrong side. Yep. <laughs> uh, sport in the tunic here, that, that mirror image. Yeah. Um, there, uh, I, I ended up with a with a Lord title because we built the park from zero to uh, like 30 regular members pretty quickly. And we brought a caravan of, of 20 of them up to a Shadow Forge event um, where where Avi took his spill. Um, That's but, when he originally uh, busted his shoulder up. Mm, yep. Gotcha. Yep. It was a bad hill to be doing a game on. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> choices were made, but... Uh, but yeah, the first the first big thing I think I can remember doing was uh, was I tried to do a breakfast at an event, and I say tried because looking back on it now, what I did then and what I do now are um, a far cry from one another. Um, <laughs> definitely did not understand how the uh, how the financing of it worked, um, and uh, and Lexi uh, Lexi was able to help me out with that the day of because. <laughs> I definitely did not have enough money in my bank account to, to cover everything. Um, and they get paid back afterward. Um, and we, uh, so we did this breakfast, uh, and it, it, everybody ate and I, I feel good about that, but uh, <laughs> there were definitely more than a few hiccups, but everybody ate. Uh, it was a good time. Uh, the other people who were doing it with me were absolutely fresh at doing it too. Um, you know, when we talk about advice, people for later that we'll, we'll come we'll circle back to that all right um, yeah. uh, and i think i got my fifth rose back and i want to say it was 2007 somewhere right around there it was when they had an olympiad down in florida um i remember the, the defrost olympiad and we did a, a meal for that one that was that was fairly epic meal time um we even did like brownies a la mode with ras raspberry drizzle um oh, nice, nice. Cheesecake for the head table, baked in house. It was not purchased cheesecake. We we baked it in the oven. Um, and I know one of Flo's favorites. I introduced him to uh, acorn squash, spiced acorn squash, which he liked quite a bit. You're the reason he won't shut it. up about acorn squash, <laughs> dude. It's so good and it's so easy to I make. So follow up story to this. I was talking to Kate about this years later. I'm sorry for interrupting, Kate. I was talking to <laughs> I was talking to Kate about this years later and was like, "Oh man, yeah, I love making it. It's just it takes so long to bake in the oven." Kate's like, "I don't bake it in the oven at home. I put it in the microwave." And my eyes get this big. He's like, "You can put it in the microwave." <laughs> <laughs> yeah you I, can't microwave for you know 120 people but when it's just you yeah absolutely I, just I, I seriously ate acorn squash in the microwave until i made myself sick wow. <laughs> that sounds about right and it was so simple such a simple recipe but yeah so we we went and did that in florida and that was a kick um we did a, a big meal with the lanterns um 
I'm, I'm losing my timeline, but it was either before or after that one where he did uh, smoke smoke pig and, and a bunch of other things. And um, you guys actually had uh, served for that one. Like people didn't yeah, get up. That one yeah, was brought Shalazar to your table. went out to, we put the salad bar in the middle of the room. Um, and Shalazar went out to tables and cut meat at the tables. Nice. Um, I we, remember. we rolled the butcher block around and, and actually cut and served right at the tables. I thought that was really cool. Um, uh, we've done some other, I think that one actually was served meat, but it was, I believe it was family style for the sides. Um, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, that's kind yeah, of genius. Cause you keep people from like overloading on meat and yeah. you know, like that's yeah. the main part of the meal. That's cool. Yeah. And also, yeah. in the family style and sides, you know, some people really like mashed potatoes. Some people really like something else. And so instead of giving them all the exact same portions, they can kind of, you know, fight over it at the table, which, you know, that's really what, what meals are about is fighting with your family. Well, so you also do this thing too. This might be another way of saying what you just said. I hope it's not. But, uh, if I know that this amount of mashed potatoes is all that there is for our table, I will be much more apt to just ask around and say, you know, Hey, does anybody care if I get a second scoop or, and, and, Jeff, in this example, Teflon says, oh, no, man, I'm not going to eat those. We're in fantasy land now. But <laughs> Jeff, Jeff says, no, no, I'm not going to eat those. And I go, oh, cool, I'm going to take his portion or something. I think it's easier for the table to kind of negotiate right. their own. Yeah. yeah. And for the most part, if, you, if you've got a good serving staff, and it takes extra staff to do it, but if you've got a good serving staff, you can, uh, you can get everybody in the room pretty much served at the same time which I definitely prefer over having big lines when like half the room's done eating and some of the people haven't even gotten their food yet. Yeah. Um, Meals should be a family experience. Agreed. So, um, so yeah, I mean, early stuff was a lot of, uh, a lot of feasts. Um, I, we did some local events at Iron Springs. Um, something I think Georgia is kind of hoping to bring back with our, we've got two parks that are closer together now. Um, very excited about that, um, and uh, and had the the kingdom come down for a few things like did rooftop battles and things like that, um, and uh, eventually that led into doing the eight years of Crystalline Chronicles, and uh, so that should get us closer to the time frame when people are starting to know what we're talking about. Right. Yeah, and I just want to point out here too that at its base it, there. People will say that Flame and Crown are very similar, and with good reason. Um, a lot of times people that are high up in one are also pretty high up in the other. Not always. Uh, but what you are describing at its core is organization. You organize things, and then you did those things. Um, sometimes that was or- organizing meals. Sometimes that was organizing events uh, at your local park, uh, which hopefully we'll be seeing more. We actually just now recently had one. Um, we're still in COVID right now, so there were some restrictions, but it was great to be able to just have any amount of people be able to get together. And George, the Georgia parks were uh, gracious enough to host it for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, uh, uh, but I think it's really important to, to point that out for a couple of reasons. You don't have to be good at organization to get into doing something like this. It helps. But as Cade pointed out, his first breakfast was pretty disastrous. Um, <laughs> You can't be afraid to make some mistakes, and you can't. We, I think that Kate is going to elaborate on this a little bit more later. Uh, but you have people that have already made all of those mistakes. We didn't have that when Cade was coming up, when I was coming up, when Kazan was coming up. 
we were the ones making, we were our first generation of fuck ups, so to speak. Uh, you have people that you can lean on now and ask questions. Um, and if you don't like me and don't want to talk to me, cool, go talk to Kazan. If you don't like Kazan, go talk to Teflon. There's somebody that you can go talk to. Yeah, everybody likes you. And if you don't um, like Flo, Kazan, or Teflon, why are you listening to this <laughs> podcast? <laughs> um, there's somebody that you can go talk to uh, about this. But I just wanted to point out that this was a thing that Cade wanted to do. He He had fun doing a lot of these things. But... It was also an organizational thing, which is something that I think that you're very good at, uh, and yeah. you've you've had a lot of practice uh, with. Uh, yeah, go back point. in time and talk to my teachers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kazan, if you can remember back to the 1920s, what was it like when you were getting <laughs> no. your early uh, early roses? <laughs> um, well. Uh, my first one, I'm not sure what I got it for, but, uh, I was at dark water East for four years, uh, doing a lot of stuff. I was a champion and then also, um, uh, Monarch there as well. Um, and I got my first rose at that park. Um, but it wasn't until 2005. So after I've been in the game for five years, I got my second. Um, and my, uh, my second was, uh, I, I had made a whole lot of weapons for, uh, for iron Springs. So a lot of lore gear, um, bringing out the bag, hauling out the bag, um, making uh, some garb and uh, and stuff like that. In general, other contributions and helping out around there. Um, so that's that's a kind of my little start. And then just helping to build out Iron Springs. Um, and travel was always a, a thing um, because where I was living up in Rome, Georgia, when I moved up uh, into Winter's Edge, uh, I um, was initially an hour and a half from the closest park oh man um in yeah and that was iron springs and at that we were a small shire um and occasionally we might explode up to like 15 um but a lot of times i was coming out and it was like me meeting like four people five people and uh you know hitting each other for a while and then i'm like are we gonna smart were you gonna smart everybody's like <laughs> yeah but story time riff story time and i'm like yeah that's <laughs> Well, can we get some more wax? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it was it was you know three hours of driving and you know as much fighting as I could possibly get in in that time with the with the folks. So, um, but then that that part kind of died off. Uh, I also kind of a, a back injury and Squeak had to take some time off too. And then uh, some things happened. Squeak moved off. Cade uh, restarted the park um, in Kennesaw, and uh, so that was a little bit closer. It was an, uh, like an hour away. <laughs> um and hey that extra half an hour Dude, no <laughs> i totally get it it adds up yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um so that was good and i got i got uh re-inspired by Cade, um and all of his efforts and he was um meeting up with all the magic the gathering uh nerds and uh convincing them to come out and swing stick and uh uh doing you know during the week fighter practices and stuff things that he was doing and bringing them in and then they were showing up sometimes on the weekends and stuff and um, yeah, it was, it was really exciting for me. He pulled me back into the game. I really appreciate him and all his work. And that's, that's awesome. When I was like, dude, this guy's awesome. Um, so how was about a page belt? <laughs> nice. <laughs> so he was the first person that I'd ever offered a belt. Um, and, uh, it, it had been a long time. I'm not sure what year I gave that, uh, initial belt to you, Cade. Um, but. It'd have been 2004. Probably. Two thousands. Uh, I think I had my dates off for a little, probably like two thousand seven. That's that's probably about more right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm... So I I I'd probably been able to give a page belt uh, with my like title uh, 
for since yeah since 2001 i think something like that or 2002 so i, I waited a long time there were a lot of people particularly dark water and i, I didn't pick anybody they finally <laughs> i'm like this guy this guy right here um is awesome and he's like what's this felt what's this i don't even know what this means yes? i like yellow can you tell me some more <laughs> um, <laughs> you can't see yellow shut up so you're bucking so, I, w- I want to make a uh, an ad here because on you're bucking a trend in night to night talk the first person you belt is always a mistake. That, that's the that's the old saying. That's the old saying is the first person you belt is it's always true. a mistake. It'll that the relationship the, the relationship Not will go bad. And and here's Cade. You know, uh, years later, uh, just about to we. You would have actually already had your belt at this point, uh, Cade, had COVID not hit. We had our the approvals had already been given. Uh, the circle had already voted. And then COVID happened. We haven't had to have events for, we haven't been able to have events for a whole year. I say, haven't had to, haven't gotten to. Yeah, haven't gotten to have events for for a whole year. Um, So, I blame you. (laughs) Good. Good. I guess the oh, technically you mean is yeah, yeah two of us. <laughs> it's fine. No, I, I no, no, I'm blaming Flo specifically. Oh, oh good, good, good. Cool. Let me clear here. It's as good as conspiracy as anything. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh my but god. You can't blame me. I'm part of the same secret shadow cabal that you are. <laughs> All three of us are part of the same secret shadow cabal. <laughs> as That's you guys. what makes me able to blame you. Yeah. Okay. Ah, okay. <laughs> Internal blame. All but the yeah, yeah. Point so my, my suggestion to, to, to uh, folks that are suddenly able to belt people is don't. <laughs> yeah. Just just wait a while. Like like I don't know, half a decade. And then <laughs> do it. <laughs> it's too late for me. <laughs> the <laughs> the vibe in the room right now is just bad. <laughs> no. no, it's a. Uh, um, so you you both had what I'm going to describe as a more traditional path to a belt when compared to some of the other flame knights that we've had on there. And I don't say that as a bad thing or a derogatory thing. But both of you did, you picked up trash, you made stuff for your local park, you did some things at uh, at events and kind of built up at, uh, on what you were doing at those big feasting, events. Feasting, autocratic. Right. Yeah, feasting, autocratic. As opposed to folks like Sir One Joe in, in Nine Blades, who has served on like all the different rules committees and and done like you know separate portions of events where it's just like running his own thing off to the side, that kind of yeah. thing. So like running the the event proper feast and things like that are what we consider traditional uh, paths to sword knighthood. I think because they're actually mentioned in play. the the, yeah, the player's handbook, rules of play. Rules play. You said no. Sword I like the, I like I like the sword knight path there. Yeah, that's really good. Listen, I, I like this. flame uh, flame knighthood. Not yeah. Listen, you can just cash that in. They're like Chuck E. Cheese tokens, right? They're listen, tokens. listen. No, uh, uh, no, sorry. I, I think the time's expired. You're you're no longer monarch. I, I had I had a chance. Now it's gone. Our, our time's coming, uh, Kazan. Gillen's getting old. Uh, oh God. Gun Gun currently is traveling a lot for work. So we need to win these tournaments now. If <laughs> we can get, tournaments. If we can, yeah, once we start having them again, if we can get that sword, we'll have all four. Oh my God. We'll be able to get all four. Well, what I'm hearing is we need to convince our current monarchy to have some more kingdom level events that have tournaments in them that can have I mean, orders. You know it. what? If our <laughs> listeners agree, they should call Clover personally and tell him that. Clover's phone number No, is, no, no. We uh, can't do that. We'll, we, we can't right dox Clover. Here. On the, yeah. <laughs> five, five, five. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, they can find him on Facebook and blow up his messages. Yeah, yeah there exactly. You go. It's five 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 harass the monarch. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that was my number. <laughs> Transfers with oh the office. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's just an old brick. So it's a Nokia that you pass around the all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, so Flame Belt Hood, though, that, that is the, the working kitchens, picking up trash, uh, you know, doing kind of like local park or local kingdom stuff. That is what we consider traditional path to Flame Belt Hood. I got to write that time, I think. Um, so kind of tell us how you, how you started on that, where it started to look maybe apparent to you that that was a possibility. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, did you have a point where you were like, hey, uh, I actually could end up being a Flame Knight? Yeah. Start with me? Yeah, we'll start with you this time. Uh, well, to be completely honest with you, um, even when I hit like ninth and 10th, I was still like, nah, Neverwinter <laughs> doesn't night people up here. That's not going to happen. <laughs> For reference to like, everyone, Flame was like, Kazan's first belt. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, um, yeah, I just kept on doing stuff and, um, and, uh, I, and, and when people are mentioning stuff, I was like, I don't know if it happens. Cool. If not, whatever, I'm just gonna keep doing the thing that makes me happy. And uh, keep rocking with that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, and even like even like months after I was being even being told that they're going to knight me and even like having a date when it's going to happen. I'm like, at any moment, they can revoke this. Like, I was seriously <laughs> thinking, like, any moment. Like, I, I think it was like maybe the week before. I'm like, they probably can't go back. Yeah, I, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I heard Squeak has a plane ticket. They're probably not going to revoke if they did it now it would be really awkward so like squeak would have hunted all of them down she would have killed them assassination style from a movie sounds about right what about you did you reach a point where uh did you start out and say hey i'd like to be a flame knight or did you reach a point where you said i think that this could happen well, I think when I when I started Ampered, I, I heard about Sword Knights, and I, I thought that was a that was a path. Um, but I would say that Flame, very similar to Kazan, I I you know I kind of got the feeling at some point that hey, I might eventually get there. That was never a goal. I, I don't I don't see that as as a goal. Much like Kazan, I would say I I did the things that I wanted to do because I wanted to do them. Um, because I wanted to do you know, an epic meal or all those years of Crystalline Chronicles because we wanted to make a really awesome event. That was the, the purpose. Um, I, I want to say I originally caught this somewhere from maybe uh, Sir Shalazar, but uh, it used to be like his, his tag for his emails, I think. It said, if you're doing it for the belt, you're doing it wrong. Um, like the awards are great. It's nice to get recognition. It's nice to see milestones and things, but if you're if that's the reason you're doing something is to get recognition you need to find something else to do um because really it's it's about like if if you go and make something i know this tunic might not look epic right now but when i when i was making it it was like i want a really cool iron springs tunic and all this little mess right here is actually all applique um and uh, i still feel good about that and it's not because I got an award for it. It's because I took the time to make it and I was really happy with it. And, and it would say service is much the same way. Like you, you put your time into it and you're, you're looking to get that result of the thing that you were doing. Um, so uh, 
you know, much like Kazan, I, you know, I would say that, uh, I, you know, sure, they told me it might happen, but it hasn't happened yet. So you mentioned earlier that I would probably already be knighted if it wasn't COVID. And I, I don't think that um, that's the other thing. I, I think it was Goran that said, you know, really what you're doing when you accept a knighthood is uh, taking a permanent, uh, a, a permanent position within your kingdom um and it's you know it's not it's not a destination it's not a goal it's just just part of that longer journey and it's, it's a good milestone but it's not it's not the end of the path so um so as much as it sounds cool to get knighted i'm actually more excited about the next event that we're going to run <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, I can I can tell you that Squire Gunn was was the same way in my conversations with him. He was he said almost the exact same thing that you did was this is just another this is a a nice stop along the way. There's a lot of really good scenery here, but it's just another stop along the 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 path, right? Well, so this this kind of brings me like so it's a milestone and I I agree with that. I think that's a very good way to look at it. Um but what is the next milestone? So you, you get knighted, and then is it is it raising people who want to do what you did for our game, or is it something else? Like, what does that look like? For uh, We'll start with Kate. Uh, uh, you know, I, I'd like to get to the milestone and take a look around first. But, <laughs> you know, um, Legit. Uh, yep. Thing. yep. But, yeah, that, that's probably that's probably on the line. Uh, my uh, my man-at-arms, Tarlock, who I, uh, I give his, his shout-out, uh, last Bristling Chronicles, he took up my old position and made all the dungeons, and uh, and I'd like to see him be able to, to build on that, and because he really enjoyed doing it, and he did a bang up job. Um, and together, we even came up with things like a moving wall trap in the middle of a dungeon, which uh, which was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, yeah, Flo, where the wall actually moved, the physical wall inside the dungeon <laughs> moved to trap people in a room. I, um, my, my head went to Labyrinth where like the little guys come out and they're like, hee, 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 and flip the tiles around. <laughs> a little bit. I mean, it was essentially a tarp that was, uh, that was rigged up and we could pull on ropes to, uh, to close off a, a pathway um, uh, as, a, as a moving wall. But it was pretty awesome. Um, and so, yeah, I'd like to kind of see him move along. I, our park, White Oak, um, working on making that grow. Uh, you know, I'd like to. I'd like to keep running. Um, get back to running full immersion events um, and doing it just because it's fun and awesome to do. And getting other people to to be able to take, you know, those uh, those other roles up. Speaking of full, I I know that you have another question. No, I was just going to pass that question to Kazan too. Like after you got knighted, what did the next milestone look like? But before you answer that, yeah. you you mentioned full immersion. Both of you were on the Crystalline Chronicles team. Are we going to have another Crystalline Chronicles like event series that's going to going to be coming up that you guys are going to be working on? Oh, you're wow. you're nodding very emphatically. Usually, so just many people are like, "I don't want to make any promises." Hold on, Asterisk, hold on, Kazan, I'll uh... join you. <laughs> yeah. uh, Te- Teflon saw the bid. Yeah, I mean, we we bid it to the kingdom. It was going to be run. <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, the, the, we're, we're looking at doing the book of heroes. Um, I think we're looking at spring of next year will be our, our, you know, technically second, but first one. And we're, uh, partnering 
We've talked to the folks down at Iron Springs and the folks at White Oak, and uh, we're looking at doing it as a, uh, a local event, buddy camping in that. Cool. Um, and bringing the kingdom in, and we'll be, you know, working with the kingdom as well to make sure we we schedule it so it doesn't step on any any toes there either. And we don't have them scheduled too close to kingdom events because we want everybody to be able to make coronation, but we also want everybody to be able to come to the Book of Heroes. The first right. one was was pretty awesome, and uh, and we've learned a whole lot about running both immersion and uh, and events in general since then. Nice. Well, yeah, unfortunately, like the the very first event that Winter's Edge had to cancel due to COVID was that event, <laughs> and because I had approved it for uh, the next event and everything. I have another question that that brought up, but I want Kazan to be able to answer the question we'd originally asked first before I, I bring that up. Uh, so, Kazan, uh, I don't remember the question. Okay, which, yeah, I was, was I was ready to jump in here. So, Kazan, uh, as as somebody who's reached that that milestone, uh, you know, getting your flame belt, um, <laughs> just I gotta parse it. Um, getting that belt and then having the time to look around. What was what did you consider to be the next big milestone? I know you've got some some squires that are up and coming, and and like, is that it, or you know, what did you look to do next? <clears throat> well, to be completely honest, uh, what I was looking to do next was to. Uh, attempt to try to um enjoy the game oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. that's weird um so obviously you didn't I, do that oh, what what right. else yeah what yeah, else did you get around do? part um so yeah i mean you, you hit the thing and then you're like i'm always doing the things i should probably try to take a step back for a minute and, and try to try to enjoy some things um which was cool and it was kind of hard to do honestly um you know and uh try to try to occasionally turn some things down which is hard <laughs> if you're a plain knight, you understand, or you're in that path, you understand. If you just someone asks you to do something, like yeah, 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 let's do that. Um, hey, Kazan, so could I, I you really do Bardic number thirty for us? <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, but uh, sure enough, soon enough, I, I was jumping back into things again, and 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 consistently helping out and assisting with running things, and then some more offices happened later on, particularly when we were looking to, to get Kingdom. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just, I really felt that we needed to have, uh, and you know, forgive me for saying so, but like somebody with strong leadership in the spot to, to take us over that edge there. Um, yeah. and we'd already had some, some good, uh, groundwork laid toward that. Uh, a lot of it had already been there when a lot of the numbers were already there, uh, you know, but I, I, we needed, uh, someone new to taking in that spot. And, uh, I figured I could go ahead and make the trip to clan and talk to folks and uh and uh you know in the end that's that's what happened that's you know and uh we got kingdom so that's great um so um yeah and then eventually i got recognized uh, as well for my, uh for uh knight of the crown which was super cool and um yeah uh again i i am trying to enjoy the game <laughs> trying to just you know participate in the games and not necessarily just run them all the time uh -huh. um and uh uh also um trying to encourage and uh work things through with some of uh my my belt links and i'm super excited of course to uh see K uh Cade get graduated here so, yeah you, you see what's happening you two see what's happening here the the people that are belted under the knight do things, and then they also become a knight. Now, I did things, and me? now I'm going to go beat <laughs> cyberpunk. <laughs> <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't doesn't your knight have this thing with perma squires? That's the that's a that's a position oh, that can be filled. Damn it, right? he does. <laughs> um, 
No, so I had a follow-up question to something that Cade had said. Um, and this is uh, maybe a little bit of a left-field question. It has to do with Crystalline Chronicles, which was not always one of the main events in our kingdom. I know that for people that have experienced Crystalline Chronicles in the recent years, it's been one of our coronations or mid-reigns or something like that. But it was, at times, an independent event, kind of like the Book of the Heroes 1. Uh, it Was Book of the Heroes 1, you said, was kind of a local or independent event? No, no. And actually, uh, Crystalline Chronicles was always run at a fall coronation. Oh, was it? Um, That's, I was yeah, a little confused, yeah. Oh, I thought that yeah, it was an independent one. Book of Heroes 1 was done at a spring coronation, but I'm not 100% sure. Oh, but okay. it was at a kingdom event. It was it was a uh, coronation event, I believe. It may have been a mid-reign. Then let me mo- let me modify the the question that I was going to ask then. Um if someone was interested in running some of these events separate from one of the major kingdom events. And along the lines that you had mentioned with Book of Heroes 2 then, where uh you know, you don't want to interfere with coronation or anything, but you want people to be able to do the fun thing. Our being honest with ourselves, our kingdom has not always been as open about events like that as we could have. Um, do you have any advice for how someone could put that uh, together? How do you get the framework for an event like that that's not going to be one of the headliners started? I would say that, uh, you know, we we have done pretty well with raid days um, mm-hmm. in the past. Mm-hmm. And um, we're, we're going to try and we want to do this as a camping event. It's it's such a large event. And I think we're, uh, we're we're being ambitious here. I don't think if somebody has not run a fair amount of raid days, they should try and be this ambitious, frankly. Um uh, but I would say start by start by doing raid days. Find your find your closest two or three parks and invite them down. Plan games for that group, and you can tell the whole kingdom about it. But really, do your um, do your reaching out to your closest two or three parks, people that can make it a day trip, and just start with that and do a few of those. Um, and I, I think like this type of event being independent uh we're we're kind of breaking some new ground uh frankly because i I can't think of other than maybe wild hunt did theirs as an independent um but uh but i think we're we're largely breaking into new space here um so let let me get back to you on that after our event (laughs) (laughs) we'll have you We'll have you back on, and you can give us a, a wrap-up and tell us all of the things that worked out like you had hoped and all of the things that went horribly wrong. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that we discuss that enough. No, you know, we don't. You, both of you have autocratted a lot of events. Um, there are things that go wrong at every single event. Um, and as we've gotten older as a kingdom, we kind of expect people to step into those roles, you know, the feastocrat and the autocrat and all of those main crap positions. And... The projection is that they're just going to do it. They need to do it perfectly. They need to do it with almost no hiccups. But even people as experienced as the two of you are, there are still hiccups that happen. There are things that you cannot account for. You go to an event site where the oven suddenly stops working, and it's a gas-powered <laughs> oven, which should really fucking terrify everyone that's in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> um, so 
What is the weirdest or worst thing that has happened to you when you were at an event that went wrong? I guess we should start with, what was it, Kazan, I think is the Yeah, let's yeah, do Kazan. Kazan. Nice. I'm blank. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> Kate, Kate says, nothing wrong has ever happened to him. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing at all. Hmm. Uh, well, I mean... Uh, it doesn't have to be uh, like a major thing. <laughs> Making sure that everybody is super clear on what the rules of the event site are. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, uh-huh. and, and then uh-huh. even when, when that happens, uh, uh, you know, making sure that the hammer gets put down and it's really, and, you know, people are told to stop doing things that are wrong. Right. Um, <laughs> that's really, really big. Um, outside <laughs> of that, though, <laughs> that's what took the disasters. Um, you know, when, when you get, we get, we get people, uh, doing things like breaking the law and you have to manage that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, right. those, those are the, those are the big blunders, um, you know, by those people and then trying to, to navigate through all that. But, uh, but more typically though, <clears throat> on a more typical situation, uh, you have people who end up, uh, um, bailing on you. Um, yes. and some bail on you like a couple months out, some bail on you a month in some, you know, it's to it. Some bail on you the week before and some bail on you the day of, and there's always going to be at least someone who bails out of your crew. And uh, sometimes it's more than, than others. And trying to uh, uh, manage that and compensate for that is a big deal. Um, and uh, <clears throat> making sure that it's clear uh, to your folks, um, like your deadlines that you want to see ahead of time, really important. Um, having a check-ins with them uh, to confirm that those things are actually being done before the deadline. <laughs> Is good. So not everybody's like last minute hustling and then it may or may not happen. And then they bolt on you and they have zero things done. And the next person picks up last minute, even later, you know, because it took you a while to find them, you know, <laughs> yeah. and get things done. Uh, so, you know, having those, having those deadlines, having those check-ins helps to alleviate a lot. Um, also, uh, uh, talking to people, if you, if you feel that, uh, that someone might potentially be flaky or it's their first time going, you may consider like who could possibly be your backup and maybe even talk to them on the side and be like, Hey, just in case this thing falls through, do you think you could possibly handle this? <laughs> um, <clears throat> then also uh, the people that you set up, uh, if they have shadows, uh, you know, people that are going to be underneath them um, or someone who's going to be tutoring them. Um, those folks uh, can also be looked at as backups too. And uh, you know, be, be looking for those things. Um, really important and making sure that those people are, are, are kind of in the know on some of those things can help to alleviate uh, a lot of those problems. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as far as, as far as major kitchen disasters, I'm sure Kate can talk more about kitchen disasters. Um, but yeah, a lot of times people forget stuff too. People will forget the ditch lights. They got to turn around. I might be one of those people sometimes. <laughs> um, you know, wh- whatever it is, or someone left a, a really important award back at the house. <laughs> no, no. I might have done that too. Um, you know, stuff like that. Uh, those things happen. I, but, uh, I remember one of the times we were at the murder barn. I'm, uh, I go over to Kazan. He's got a lot of stuff for the whole event, so uh-huh. I'm helping him unload it. I was like, hey, man, so, uh, uh, you know, it, what, how do you fit all of the ditch lights uh, uh, in here? By the way, where are those? I'll go ahead and put them on the field. And Kazan, seamlessly, he's like, you know, I was thinking about using, you know, just... Like old school, ditching under the beautiful ambient moonlight. You forgot the, <laughs> you forgot the ditch lights, didn't you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> no, that is a 
the, just like the, the good old days flung. Yeah. <laughs> Back when we would leave with black eyes and broken teeth. <laughs> and cracked you know, uh, orbital sockets. And... No, I, uh, speaking to checking in with people and everything else on uh, Coronation, where I handed the crown off to Clover, I had a bunch of scrolls I was giving, you know, the, the kingdom was giving, a bunch of other things like that. And it was like every day leading up to the event, hey, guys, remember your scrolls. Hey guys, remember your scrolls, remember your your awards, your whatevers, you know, all these things that you've got. And then getting to the event and going, Hey, anybody who's got a scroll, meet me over here. We're gonna, you know, behind this little curtain, we're gonna get all these signed and and organized and everything. And and one person goes, I forgot to bring the scroll. And I'm like, every day. I checked in with you every fucking day. I like eight o'clock in the morning when I sign in for work, I just hop on a Facebook and go, Hey guys, remember the scrolls. So yeah, you can you can never check in enough, but sometimes sometimes shit falls through. Yeah. So, Cade, uh, any, any, I guess, I hate to say kitchen nightmares, but any kitchen nightmares that, that stand out to you really prominently? Um, I mean, you know, we've definitely run into, I mentioned one of them, like the oven's not working right at, uh, at one of the sites. And it was not for a small event either. That was for a very large event. Um, you know, I... So this is non-amp guard, but I did uh, a meal for an Ides of March. It's a Dagahir event yep. um, a long time back. It was the last year that High Spires actually ran that event. It's the last good year of that event. But <laughs> I know that, like, um, it, was, it was taken over by another group after that. And people at High Spires were none too pleased, and, they, and that event is now a dead event. It, it stopped happening. Um, but... Uh, that was like a 400 ish person meal. Um, and that one we did with no kitchen. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, go sand- ahead, Lucas. Sandwiches? Yeah, it's just pita. No, it was just- no. Uh, uh, something like uh, almost 200 pounds of smoked pork and beef. And, uh, a ch- a, like a chicken noodle or vegetable noodle soup, um, and a, uh, curried butternut squash bisque. And sheet cakes and mash. Uh, did we do mashed potatoes? I think we did mashed potatoes, and um, and we had salad. Jeez, <laughs> no so, kitchen, huh? In these gigantic uh, pots on the firebox of the smoker, which I had somebody who owned a gigantic smoker bring it in on a trailer, and I cooked the soup on the top of the firebox i pre-made uh, <laughs> the, the butternut squash like for days before i'd been uh re- you know roasting it and preparing it and making puree and storing that um and i had to store they had no, no refrigerator or anything down there and so i had filled a bathtub with ice and meat it was all in buckets but um <laughs> closed buckets but had to get a bunch of firehouse sub five gallon buckets and put the meat in there with their it's like brine and things and and store that in my um guest bath for for like two days full of ice so that's probably i was thinking trying to think of what's one of the weirdest stories that's probably up there on weirdest stories uh that i've seen um you know oop stories though i the the one of the ones that i saw that made me think about dealing with meal plan and thinking about um about you know food allergies and and uh, intolerance and things like that it's one where we were down in neverwinter and we sat down to lasagna 
and they had thought about vegetarians in the sense that they had a meat lasagna and there was a vegetable lasagna. They didn't think about it was people who were lactose intolerant. And uh, one of the members of, of our unit uh, was sitting at our table and he looked up and he's like, I, I can't have dinner. Oh, um, no. And I found out it's because all the lasagna was full of cheese. Um, Delicious cheese. And, <laughs> yeah, I came to find out that there were, you know, and I just come in from fighting all day and I don't think I'd had, you know, I was feeling like super clean. Um, just clean enough. Uh, I found out there were like five or six other people in the feast hall who were also lactose intolerant, just weren't going to have anything to eat. Um, and I went back to the kitchen and fortunately I knew all the people who were in the kitchen, at least enough of them and said, what do you have that you haven't cooked? Um, and was able to find some, some, uh, squash and some spices and things like that. And just took over a burner and grabbed a big wok and, uh, and went at it and, uh, kind of made up a meal as I went um and uh got those got those people served and went back and sat down and continued my meal <laughs> nice uh, nice uh yeah i mean i wasn't gonna stay and and you know do a bunch in the kitchen i was trying to actually spend some time with with my fighting company but uh but i wasn't gonna let people go hungry either so um yeah that, but that that definitely taught me think about think about making sure you don't have dairy in everything you can have dairy in one thing but any one item of your meal, you should be able to you know, not serve that to somebody and they can still have a full meal. Right. Um, because no matter what you do, somebody is going to be allergic to something that you make, no matter yeah. how hard you try. Um, so you want to make sure nobody gets left out. But that was definitely the meal that taught me that. Lactose intolerant solidarity right here. <laughs> I, yeah, I saw you waving around back yeah. there. I, I don't know what that would be like. Yeah. You don't I want just, to share I've, a cabin I've with just me. gone ahead and uh, acquired a new gluten allergy. Yay me. Oh, oh yeah, those are fun. I've yeah. seen the gluten-free bread. It's very sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's this big. And like four times the oh, price. that's the stuff that Beefy gets. <laughs> yeah, that's the stuff that Beefy has. He makes his little peanut butter banana on it, and it's like... He brings it in. Tiny. When when we were still working in the office, uh, he would always bring in teeny tiny pieces of bread to make it on. I can talk shit, but I, <laughs> I might be headed that way, because when I eat non... Like, when I eat bread with gluten and not gluten-free bread i have a pretty bad time so yeah i can only talk shit for so long um so, so oh, go ahead. Go as ahead. funny as that is uh speaking of gluten allergies i learned something this week i think it was this week i always made jokes about you know things being marketed as gluten-free that are not made of wheat like beef jerky um i learned from kazan recently that some beef jerky actually has gluten in it and yep. kazan, I, I i have some at home I'm going to send you later uh, that uh, that is completely gluten free. <laughs> yeah, Jack's yeah, Jack's links like their original thing has wheat in it. Why? Preserve, what? dry it out. I don't know. So it, it, I, I, soy sauce that that's in there is made yep. in a place that also manufactures wheat products, and they have to put it on there. Okay. Yep. Well, I've also yeah. seen there's a big problem with things that are marketed as gluten-free not being entirely gluten-free. Like, that's a whole separate problem, too. Yeah. And like, some products that are sold specifically for that aren't actually, so you're I, screwed either way. I have a seafood allergy that I... It has become more sensitive over the years because I didn't pay attention to it. <laughs> and, uh, by, and by not pay attention, I mean completely willfully ignored it and still wanna, ate seafood. No, no, hold and, on. This guy would go, do you want to split a shrimp skewer? And I'd go... Flo, you're allergic to shrimp. And he's like, well, I'll only eat one or two. <laughs> but it's reached a point now where, uh, like uh, I, like you were saying, uh, uh, Lucas, I if 
if they make seafood, if they make shrimp on the same line or in the same factory, I still can't eat it. I, I can't eat whatever that thing is. And there's certain, you learn that there are certain brands that you just have to avoid because they don't always post it on the, the package that there's other stuff made on those lines, though I think they're supposed to. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we've, we've talked about like the, the worst case scenarios, the, the, the oopsies, the oh shit moments, the kitchen nightmares, but what are some of the moments where, because we've actually talked about this in terms of making a podcast, we're really, uh, as humans, we're often bad about telling ourselves what we did right so what are some things that actually went right for you when you were running an event or doing anything like that? Like, what's something you were like, fuck yeah, that went exactly like I planned it? And we'll start with Cade. Sorry. Ah, on the spot. Um, I, I would say that the, the last Crystal and Chronicles we did overwhelmingly went really, really right. Um, uh, seeing, uh, especially, you know, Kazan had stepped in to, to head one of the factions there. But watching uh, Kazan and Teflon, uh, you know, having their factions argue with each other and, <laughs> and things like that. I mean, you know, that that was certainly not an issue of me doing things right. It was an issue of, of me making sure the right people were in the right places because, um, you know, the, and I, you know, I'll say the fairies, too, is the, mm-hmm. the, the third faction. Um, that was an absolutely bomb choice. Uh, you guys had had you know, done Crystalline Chronicles before, but they were, they were new to it. And it was exactly the right people to have run that faction. Um, and to see all that work really well together, to see people not being bored and not sitting around for the most part, there was always something going on. Uh, that event ran very, very smoothly, I feel. Um, and I, I'll, you know, going back to that, you know, Ides of March meal, that one was also fairly epic meal time. <laughs> um, to, to have that actually happen with no kitchen would, would be one of those things that I'm still really proud of. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How many people say they catered for, you know, 400 people or done a sword night boot camp or cause sword night boot camp was also really good mm-hmm. yeah. um, doing that one. Um, you mentioned something that I want to point out and it's getting the right people in the right place. And that is an organizational skill and a leadership skill. Um, and as you, progress up the ladders for both realistically crown and flame you see more and more of that um instead of running around ragged trying to get everything done quote unquote right by yourself um and i think that is a healthy way of doing things for one uh to help prevent burnout for yourself as well as a more effective way in general so props to you guys for both doing those So, yeah, it, it definitely takes the time to to get familiar with the people throughout the kingdom yeah they you know you can rely on you know, and uh, and know what skills they have, what skills they completely lack. Um, <laughs> well, and um, as tying, to put in what positions. Tying this into new people too. If you're one of those people that would like to do this stuff, go up to the people that are running it. Don't look at it and say, that's a click and I'll never be able to break in. Don't look at it in our kingdom specifically and say, it's only Sarah from doing it. They make up 75% of our damn kingdom anyways. Of course it's Sarah <laughs> doing it. Go talk to their, their normal people. Their normal uh, guys and uh, girls that are out there, and they want the help. They do not want to continue doing it all alone. If you go and say, hey, I'm, I, I'd like to cook, where could I fit in? Yep. You'll get plugged in somewhere. Mm-hmm. It might not be on a main course line at first. That's not where I started when I came up and said, hey, I'd like to uh, start working more in the kitchen. But also, if you owing back to what was said earlier, 
people flake. So if you've never done it before, don't expect to go in and be the star of the damn show. Like you, you just can't. And, and it's because I think, like Cade's taking in new people all the time when he cooks. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Cade took me. He was. Yeah. I went into his kitchen. That was my first experience in a uh, in a <clears throat> amp guard kitchen. Was under Cade. Okay, hold on. I'm in a mute flow. Tell us. Be honest. How did he do? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, okay. To be perfectly honest, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna blame the the migraine that is now coming back. But, oh, no. uh, but I actually don't remember which. I remember that Flo was there. I don't remember which meal we were doing. Um, so it's it's a little bit of a blur. But I do remember Flo doing just fine. Okay. Yeah. No uh, news is good news. <laughs> Flo clearly did well enough. That he then was asked to be a feast crowd at one point, right? Uh, it was right after it. So it was the yeah. event shortly after that. Yeah. And it was, so what Kate did is I went in and I was, I happened to be walking by and I saw a lot of people that looked really worried in the kitchen. So I dumbly said, Hey, do you guys need any help? And Kate grabbed me by the back of my shirt, led me over to a stand and said, do you know how to chop vegetables? I said, yeah. He said, chop all of these into about half inch cubes. Tell me when you're done. And I go, Okay. And I picked up the knife and he said, after you wash your hands thoroughly, do I need to tell you how to wipe your butt too? And so I go over, I go over and wash my hands and I chop up all the vegetables and I go, Cade, Cade, I chopped all the vegetables. And he said, I don't know why you're excited about that. Now chop all of these up. I look over, I, I slowly pan over to this long line of like different vegetables and things and go, hey, Cade is... All of this going to need to be chopped by someone? And he said, no, Flo. All of it's going to be chopped by you. Not someone, you. And he was making something that he had to like piece all of this stuff together uh, later for. So that was my first experience was I was literally just a, a, a lineman in the kitchen. Like, do this and mm-hmm. I'll tell you what you do next. I've done that Oh, was that times. one of the Greek ones? Yes. Yeah. That was the Greek with the lamb. Yeah, you were chopping veggies for hummus. Yeah. And, uh, and for... Quinoa, the, the now I just went blank. But the other thing, yeah, <laughs> the thing with the stuff. And I, my kitchen nightmare story actually is from the event shortly after that, where I ended up uh, doing feastocrat stuff, and all of the toilets backed up. And the sewer, the sewage system was linked to everything. So the drain in the kitchen started having raw sewage bubbling up through it. The drains in the bathroom started having raw sewage bubbling up through them. Um. It was an experience. It was an experience. Melissa, uh, what's her game name? Dawn. 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 Yeah. Dawn, Dawn was also like helping out with uh, with some meals in there and and had to experience it as well. It was uh, tragic. Yeah, <laughs> I think Cinnamon yeah. got involved in that one too. Yeah, yes. Cinnamon. Yeah, Chuck, we started getting uh, out roses for people that went straight into the front lines on that. Yep, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to those guys, Cinnamon and. Uh, uh, Jarek, I believe, were the the main two for that one. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I didn't want to do that. No, I'd be very happy to give people a person a sheet of paper. <laughs> yeah. need to never yep. have to do that. I remember <laughs> Cinnamon and I going out to because this was at the murder barn. They had a main flush valve in the back. Cinnamon and I going out and grabbing a plunger, and you know, like both of us, uh, you take over. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's that still didn't fix it. We ended up. Uh, that so talking about things going on wrong. We had to call Roto Rooter. People were trying to get ready for court. Yep. We had to call Roto Rooter out. They got out in thirty minutes, and we paid. Uh, I tipped the guy. So the kingdom ended up paying for the Roto Rooter. I think that I tipped the guy a hundred bucks nice. for coming out so quick because they're independent. Yeah. Um. And uh, oh, kitty. You can sit and play. 
What's the, who? What's the kitty's name that's joined the podcast? Uh, this is uh, he. He was named by another ant guarder, uh, Jagger. I uh, named him Kit Kat. Um, but uh, according to Catnip, his name is Chicken Nuggy. Chicken okay. Nuggy. <laughs> oh, like a Chicken Nuggy. Chicken Nuggy, and he is a very sweet young cat. The uh, uh, um, but yeah, so you can have crazy things go wrong. Was the was the point of that? It was fun listening to some of the things that have gone. Right, though, because I think that Cabbage is right. We don't often, uh, it's easy for us to dwell on all of the things that we could have done better, and we don't always reward ourselves for what we did very well. Well, it's also not so much that something went wrong, right? Like, it's how you guys took care of it, right? Yeah. It's it's being able to be adaptable enough to uh, have an oven go out and be like, all right, listen, uh, we can try and get it fixed, or we can do it this way, or whatever. Uh, these are the options we have. And then making a good uh decision on it is also within the realm of reason too. Yep. Yeah. I would, I would say that, uh, you know, follow the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. Just don't panic. Yeah. Just oh, don't, I thought it was... don't panic. Stop. Reset. Find a solution because it's not, you're not judged when things go wrong. You're, you know, you, you're actually more favorably judged if something goes a little wrong, but you can make it go, you can make it go back. Right. Um, that that's a success. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's even if something, even if you had a hiccup, it's it's more about just uh, being able to recover and and write that hiccup. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everybody's going to forget about the hiccup, including yep. you. Yeah, that's right. That's why sometimes when I'm driving, I'll just leave my lane a little bit and I just come right back. <laughs> just just you know. and the people that you almost hit forget about it. They forget yeah. right about it. No, but yeah, don't don't panic and bring a towel. Yes, yeah. bring a towel. Yeah. Yes, always bring a towel. <laughs> yeah, I can't stress enough to like uh, having built uh, building strong relationships with a lot of people um, because uh, eventually I said something's going to go wrong. You might have to be like, hey, and call on a favor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, to uh, to assist you with those things that went haywire and you might need a new person because X person suddenly had to go because of an emergency. They had to leave the site entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, so having, having those people uh, really, really, really big. So, yeah, the. Uh... Um, I blew out the all of the uh, the fuses in the murder barn when I had hooked up all of my crock pots to do the the thing that I was doing. And Aldrich, Aldrich saved it all. He said, "I I can fix this." And I said, "Oh man, thank you so much. Are you an electrician?" And he just walked away without saying another <laughs> word. <laughs> but he fixed it. He fixed it. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, we no. have lots of people who know lots of different things throughout the kingdom, and yep. some are qualified to do the things they say they can do, and others aren't. <laughs> but that job got done. It got done. That's right. It goes back to something that we were talking about earlier, though. With uh, Crown and Flame, have a lot in common. They are uh, 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 they're related, at least spiritually related uh, belts, and it's because just like you had just now said, uh, Kazan, you end up making a whole lot of connections uh, over time. And anyone listening to this that is interested in going for a flame belt, uh, this is something that you are going to need to do. Uh, I don't mean that you need to just start messaging around to people randomly on Facebook and going, hey man, I just wanted to check in with you, though I encourage you to do that. Uh, It's more, hey, I'd like to do a, a feast at this event you need to start talking to some people that have done it before. Volunteering in the kitchen. Yeah. yeah. And most importantly, you need to, if you're going to be working with other people, even if it's your close friends, if if it was going to be me and these two jokers that were working in the kitchen 
And I 100% trust that they'll be there outside of something catastrophic happening. I would still go talk to some other people and say, hey, you know, it's going to be the, the, the WAC crew that's doing it. But just in case something happens, could I count on you to be a, a backup? I think that's a sentiment that both of you has, have expressed multiple times over this podcast. Well, I mean, we don't have to really dance around it, right? Like at some point you're having to build trust into yourself and doing things inside the game. And so by volunteering to cut vegetables or small things around the kitchen or whatever, you are showing that you're trustworthy enough to go up a level, so to speak, right? So um, that is the networking that you are doing as a new player. You are yep. showing that you are a trustworthy individual effectively. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like what Jeff was pointing out, start small, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Do, those, do those little things that you probably can't really mess up. And, Wash uh, dishes. And, and then build from there and build the trust with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, that goes a long, long way. But yeah, start vol- start volunteering for things. See what you can volunteer for. Talk to people that are in charge. I mean, I you know, a number of times, Flo, Flo just walks up and like, hey, do you guys need help? Like he did before. And Cade's like, yeah, and grabs him and pulls him <laughs> in. I mean, that kind of thing. Like just walk around. Who needs help? Who needs help? You know, if you see a shout out on the kingdom page, like, hey, we need somebody to do X, Y, Z, you know, um, go ahead and message those folks, you know, put it out there. Um, but, uh, I, I definitely do, uh, what Teflon said there, I definitely, uh, say start small, you know, um, do, do something, do something that you know that you're good at or, or, or that, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't take a whole lot of, uh, prior knowledge to do one of the two, either, either you have a lot of prior knowledge of, or something that wouldn't require a lot of prior knowledge, you know, that you can be taught right on the spot and help out. So, but a lot of times people just need some general help. Now yeah, we need that. We need the, you know, the ditch lights unloaded, you know, we mm-hmm. need this set up, you know, we need, we need, uh, the battle game set up. Can you go ahead and run this rope over here? You know, like a lot of that stuff is like super needed and we really need more volunteers to go ahead and do that. It's just sucks when you're like looking around and you're like, I can't ask anybody. There's nobody around me. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I can hope for somebody, you know, I'm just going to do it. Fine. Do the whole thing that, you know, it could have been done like four times faster, you know, mm-hmm. if you just had some folks that were showing up to help you out. So, um, you know, we're, we're always in need of volunteers. Um, and I want to say too, for those people who are running stuff, man, if you, if you like what, what we all just see is so superficial just the top of the iceberg when people are trying to organize events they're putting a, a kingdom shout out but almost nobody responds to that Mm-mm. like there's almost nobody that got back to you oh yeah I want to, it's not like it's not like chomping at the bit no like you get like one two you know something maybe in most situations they respond to you and sometimes you don't get anything at all and then the next level comes down to uh go ahead message in parks instead of just kingdom kingdom page but just in parks messaging uh companies if you have access to companies or households and that kind of thing um and then comes down to personal messages to people that you know across the kingdom mm-hmm. you know or you know or people either that you know or that you you've heard would do a good job in xyz you start messaging them um i i mean a majority of the people that end up helping are because i've messaged them personally yeah mm-hmm. yep and not because of the big shout on the list. And uh, that, that's a big warning sign. I want to say because a lot of new folks when they jump in, because that's all they've seen. When they're jumping into a new position, they're like, oh, yeah, I'll just message the kingdom list and surely I'll get a bunch of people. And that doesn't happen. And they're all <laughs> no. frustrated. They don't know what to do. And they're like, nobody volunteers for me. Nobody likes me. I hate this. Oh, I guess I'll just do it all myself. Yeah. You know? and, and it's just it's very frustrating. But, that, but that's the thing is we all need to be transparent about that and let everybody know. Like, that's, <laughs> it, there's a lot more to it. Um, you, you can't just put it out in the list. Um, you got to start messaging those folks and you might get lucky the day of too. And, uh, sometimes we get very fortunate about that, you know, grabbing people like Flo who walk around, but we got to have people like Flo, you know, and that's why I encourage those folks. Yeah. Be like Flo. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, in this put way, them on the stretcher. In this way. <laughs> be like Flo, but don't always be like Flo. Wear your ankle braces and you know all of that. Chuck, are you listening? Yes. Chuck, are you listening <laughs> to me? Yeah, right. Yes, no, I, our, our, yes our two bionic men. Yeah. <laughs> and before so, before you uh, either of you go, I want to point out one thing too, because we were talking about cleaning. We were talking about doing dishes. But listen to what Sir Kazan said. Go with what you find fun. If you want, say, well, I'd love to help out in the kitchen, but I'd miss the battle game. No, go up to whoever is organizing the battle game and say, I want to be a monster. I want to be an NPC. There, there are so many ways that you can help out. Can I help set up the next one? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there are so many ways that you can help out. You can find something that will allow you to have maximal fun uh, and still be able to get some work in that's really going to help the the kingdom out. Yeah, so. I think this is actually where my, I guess, thought process on how things happen uh, changed is that I really like doing the battle game stuff. So whenever I'm there, usually if I see someone setting some, something up, I kind of wander in and it's like, hey, uh, you good? You need a hand? You got it? All right, cool. Uh, I'll help out, or if you said you got it, you got it, and I'll, I'll go on. But you can get to your fun faster by helping out the going to what you feel fun. <laughs> I just now noticed Absolutely. that I left the mouse on the table the whole time. <laughs> so, um, uh, to the, going back to the whole thing about like the successes, mm-hmm. um, yeah. things you thought were uh, really cool. Uh, you know, um, I, I, uh, I, I absolutely just loved when we had the dragon at uh, CC out at Eastwind. And, uh, uh, we ended up having a group of adventurers, uh, um, encounter a, a ukulele. <laughs> and, uh, and a drum and they started playing the ukulele and the drum they were controlling the dragon around like the dragon was like charmed during the time when that was going on it was like soothed by the music and we start doing their bidding um that was awesome <laughs> um i also absolutely loved the um the big rock golem that uh kelly and, and uh likely some other folks had put together uh for um uh for their crew and we got to use for uh the uh um, the Crystal Chronicles event, and I always got to be the, the golem and had so much fun just rawr. I mean, it, <laughs> like those those monster costumes, those special effect kind of things just go so, so far in, in people's immersion and enjoyment and fun. Props. Um, yeah, <laughs> props. Props to the props and the people who make them. Um, and, and, uh, and also, too, like uh, there was one point where he had um, uh, come up with like a smoke machine. Yeah, like, Kelly and, and, and that site, it was, it, was, it was some really good times. Um, he had like a smoke machine that was like billowing out, uh, like, like the, the smoke from, uh, the, the meat hall there. And, uh, they had like a dragon's head peering out and we had like a, um, microphone, like doing the voice, the thing of the dragon. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, good stuff. And then, uh, so those were really fun times that I remember and, um, you know, things going well for that. Uh, I also, um. Uh, I think I, uh, there was a, a, an event that we held out there. It was War on Fairy. Um, and this was one of the ones we were going for the Kingdom Push. And I ended up uh, running this one uh, as the, the Warcraft. Um, and I, I, I went ahead and I just I made it very uh, straightforward and simple on my end. I went ahead and took uh, Gorn's Book of War. And I picked like uh, six things from the Gorn's Book of War that I thought were really cool. And then I went ahead and put them in the orders that I wanted to run them. And I went ahead and then skinned them to meet um, all of the different uh, elements that we were trying to hit with the War on Fairy. And so they all had their scenario battle game and they each had their own outcome and what would happen. And then you tally the points in the end. Um, and I also uh, set up two, two to start and then uh, ran the one. And then that was done. I hopped to the other one 
and I had then uh, uh, a couple other helpers uh, go ahead and arrange the, the one that was going to be coming after that. So they'd be ready to go after that and kind of hip hopping like that. And then in the middle, we had uh, a break and we had, um, uh, uh, we had, uh, uh, let's see, Sons of Terra, uh, Top End Fighters. Who am I going for here? Um, uh, short one. Nope. Yeah. Short. Oh, Aiden. Aiden. Aiden, yeah. Aiden yeah. thank you. Had Aiden go ahead and run like a sword and board class. Um, and then we hop right back into the the games, back and forth. And uh, again, having these things set up ahead of time in a way so you have the fields, you have like the general locations um, so that you can run things seamlessly from game to game to game and literally have a five to 10 minute break. We all talk about that and that never, ever happens. It happened. Can't be done. Tell Excellent. Me. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, but you, you need a team. You got to set up two fields and get it rolling. And you got to have helpers. You got to tell them what's going on and what you want to have happen. Mm -hmm. um, but you can actually make it run seamlessly. And uh, and and uh, so believe in yourself. It can be done. Talk to people. Um, make it happen. I think I remember Kazan telling me. Uh, a I, I didn't do the, the quest part of this event. Um, when this was going on, I had just recently started coming back after my, uh, uh, my knee had been repaired. And... Uh, I remember Kazan telling me that there was one of the parts of the, I think that this is the right event. One of the things you had to do in one of the dungeons was there these, there's these levers that actually you, you oh, interact God, with. And all you had to do was interact with the levers. Like it didn't matter what position you put them in. I don't think it was just, you know, <laughs> eh, 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 and no one could figure out what to do with the levers. <laughs> Everyone was way overthinking. It. It's like, we need to figure out the pattern and the code. And Kazan's talking to me later. Uh, and it's like, we shouldn't have done four or five levers. We should have just done two <laughs> and had this. Just one. Because if you add any more than that, it's now, it, you, you've no. added too much to the dungeon. No, 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 that's great. <laughs> Keep them confused. Yeah, and then right. they'll feel rewarded when they do something. And then you're like, oh yeah, that worked. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've had those levers show up a number of times. I made two sets. And, oh, I love uh, them. They've always been uh, uh, a hoot for sure. Um, <laughs> with the various things we've had to do. Sometimes it's been super easy. Sometimes it's been complicated. And sometimes, in my mind, it was straightforward, um, but it was the other direction that they needed to do it. And then no one could actually figure out that it was the other direction. Just this thing. And almost always, it killed the people. Like, when you mess up, you dead. dead. Oh, you make, Gy you, you make Gygaxian uh, dungeons, huh? <laughs> it's either fantastic reward or killer bees. <laughs> Yeah, I think we, we put him in a poison gas room at one point too, um, and we we put we at one point we also put the code for the right lever levers in binary. Uh, <laughs> oh man, that took forever to figure out. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that one took forever. Um, <laughs> and, and Michael Hammer of God was at that event, and he he was like, "Oh man, I know binary." <laughs> in that part of the dungeon, um, I you know. Jumping back to, to cool things, uh, and you brought up Eastwind, uh, Eastwind existing as a park is definitely one of the coolest service things I've ever done, actually. Um, we met Kaylians while playing Daggy here uh, mm -hmm. and talked to him a bunch about AmpGuard. And at one point he said, well, will you come out? I've got these people here, but they've never done AmpGuard before. Uh, some of them have done Daggy here. Uh, will you come out and and teach our people amp guard and and we did we we went out um, like Friday evening they had uh, all their people for their whole park show up on Saturday we did some fighting demos um, who was down there I know Puddin was down there because uh, were you there for that one I and, was not unfortunately I really wanted to go but I couldn't make it that time yeah I think I know Puddin Puddin was there um, because. Uh, 
he's got a family member, Tiger Lily, at that at that park, um, and uh, and we uh, and I believe Jarrett came with me, um, and we taught them the entire AmpGuard rulebook and taught them about all the classes and ran some games and uh, and showed them what you know showed them some different levels of, of, of fighting as well than, than maybe it seemed before. Um, you know, like putting an ice sparring was very different than what they were used to seeing at their park at the time. Um, and uh, after that is when Eastwind joined the kingdom. Oh, that's right. Really um, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and it was something that, that because we'd known Kalians from playing Dagger here, and I think we'd known him for, you know, a few years at that point, at least, at least two years. Um, He's like, this amp guard thing sounds really cool. And I've got some people in my group that just don't want to get hit with dag reds. And yeah, I don't blame them. That's why I learned how to block well. Um, so, because uh, I don't want to get either. Dag reds are no joke. Yeah. Nope. Um, mm. And uh, especially when somebody like flow size is swinging them. Um, it's well, like getting you. hit with a diving board. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, so they, they wanted to, they wanted to maybe give Amgard a shot and, uh, and that's, that's when Eastwind as a park was, was born. We had a, we had a great time that weekend. Um, uh, our, one of our, one of our old monarchs actually was introduced to Amgard that day. Jade was there that day. Um, yep. And, uh, and she checked that out. Um, I remember helping her with her character. Um, well, and let's, Let's Fantastic. think about what that that small act uh, did. It that that act became huge, mm-hmm. but the small act yeah. of just oh, I happen to know this person brought us Kellyans, who is either at his tenth or masterhood uh, now. I don't remember which one in Dragons. It brought us uh, Jade, who has gone on to be uh, one of our monarchs uh, and has been very important to the uh, uh, to. Uh, their local group, even outside of being a, a monarch, both before and after, mm-hmm. uh, it brought us uh, Kay, who is also working the way that has a, a whole lot of uh, 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 arts and science awards. I think dragons, uh, mostly dragons, but is also getting up there really high. And all of this came from just saying, "Hey, you know what? We we met these people, and I think that we could in- introduce them." Um, and that's that's to say nothing of. Uh, uh, of a lot of the other names, Cocair and uh, Bell. And yeah, Bell. I mean, if you want a butterfly oh, yeah, effect all the way regent. out, yeah, yeah. Our, our current regent came from from yeah. that act. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it it has a long reaching uh, effect. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably one of the coolest things I've done because because it had such such a far reaching effect, um, and there's so many people who have played there and at, at their their new park. Um, I want to say Sylvan Glade, but I feel like that's wrong. No, that's it. Yeah, that's it's it. Sylvan Glade it's now, and then Eastwind became Eastwind Wyvernborn. I think they're Correct. sort of reformed. Yep. Yes, it, it is. It's Eastwind Wyvernborn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and uh, you know, cross gaming has been huge for us. I, I mean, that's how that really happened. There, Cade Cade would have gone out to High Spires and tucked out Dagger here and uh, kind of opened that door for some of us and let us know what was going on there. I jumped out there. Uh, Cade promptly then uh, put me on my butt, and I didn't realize that would be a thing. Like, oh, okay. He's like, yeah, wow. I'm like, oh, all right, okay. That's no, this is how this game gets played. Okay, all right. It, it's your um, belt lines thing. You you all injure each other's back. Uh, you you all have your backs injured, um, <laughs> which is why I've made the argument many times that Jarek should actually be in our belted line. Oh, where, I guess where we break knees and ankles. You so you would have to trade me for Jarek because I have back mm-hmm. injuries also. 
Oh, is it, I didn't think about that. Hey, Kazan, uh, could you stay on the call for a little bit once we're over <laughs> Hey, hold on. I like it here. <laughs> we're, like, we're like, like, we're going to swap people yeah. here. And then you already yeah. made the belt. I did. I did. <laughs> for um, Kazan. Yeah, I mean, like, you. That, that influence, Kate opening that door, us going and checking out Lost Kings and Daggett here, that really made a, a major difference. Um, we picked up a lot of different uh, battle games and stuff from them, a lot of rooftop battles and things. This was coming mm-hmm. into, uh, like, like, just before V8, really, and we started adopting some things that kind of, uh, kind of touch into V8 and making things like respawn, touch and go respawns, and that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, it made a big difference in our gameplay. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, reaching reaching out to other other organizations and visiting them and having them come visit you, and same thing too, visiting other parks and having them come visit you. Um, you know, really big. I mean, we owe a lot to uh, our kingdom status. We owe a lot of our kingdom status uh, to. Uh, Eastwind um, mm-hmm. becoming very large and doing a lot of things, and we owe it a lot to um, to Dragons Hollow and the surrounding parks for coming together. Um, you know, and and the, the whole kingdom as a whole, like coming together as, as a big. But those those two were like very large groups at that time that really assisted us in, in becoming what we've become. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, good stuff. Uh, harking back also to something that was awesome. Um, I remember uh, uh, there was one Crystal and Chronicles too that we uh, had themed. Uh, and it maybe came, you think you maybe been in charge of, of the food on that one too? I'm not sure. Um, but we were in charge. We, we we had a themed food based off some of the um, some of the creatures that we encountered. Oh, nice. uh, so we had like a dragon and stuff that we had uh, uh, gone ahead and and, and had, uh, and some other things were like, chopped up, and it became you know things and things. So having like themed food based off of things you encounter and, and the role play that goes on there makes things kind of neat and enjoyable as well. Yeah. Now I want scrambled dragon eggs. I'm just I'm just <laughs> thinking about how hungry I am right now, you guys. Hey, Waffle House? Yeah. Okay. Actually, I'm starving. Wow. <laughs> oh man. Um God, I had a question and it left me. I'm that's my fault. I said, "Hey, I've got this one thing." And then uh it turned into more than one thing. Oh, this is pretty common for us. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, to, just to kind of reiterate, you know, small things uh like Cade said that he had just did the small thing of going and showing, you know, the group of Eastwind stuff. And we have now blossomed out leadership positions to artisans and things like that out of that. Mm -hmm. The same thing can be said for small time actions in, uh, at at events and things like that, right? Like you go in, you cut potatoes, one event, and then the next event, maybe you're helping out with breakfast as like with the lead person or something like that too. Um, these are very analogous, at least in my mind. Yeah. Well, so I, I remembered what I was going to say. Um, this is owing back to what Kazan had said earlier about, you know, you have to reach out to people and, you know, people post up on the Kingdom page and they don't actually get volunteers. And uh, I, I have actually heard the sentiment uh, from from too many people where they say, oh, well, I'm paying my $30 or my $20 or whatever, so I don't have to volunteer. And it's like, no, you're paying your $20 because people are volunteering. If we have no volunteers, your event is now $75. So get off your ass and do something. <laughs> yeah. Or like higher. This, I mean, yeah, I mean, exactly. Straight up. I mean, if we're actually paying people legit wages to do this stuff, it's a lot more. I mean, we, are, we get yeah. such value for our dollar. It is just amazing. And, and Amp Guard events in general. I mean, I, you, get, you get three meals, a place to stay, like events, $20. Are you kidding me? Yeah, well, and... So there may be a lot of people in Winter's Edge that do not do any cross-gaming. I am one of them, but I have a lot of very close friends that cross-game. So let's talk about some of the other games that are out there and how they do their stuff. Often you don't get three squares a day like you do at our events. Often at other Kingdoms and Amp Guard, you don't necessarily get three squares a day like you do at our events. 
And for the longest time, we really tried to keep it at 25. I think that we finally had to up it because we we hadn't adjusted for inflation or anything, and we just reached a point where we were... We couldn't do it, really. Yeah, we couldn't do yeah, it. Yeah, uh, so uh, I'm just looking up gate feet for, like, Pensic for the SCA, and it's $215 for an adult. Yeah. So when you're looking at your twenty dollars, like, thinking I've done my part. Included. I'm certain there's zero meals included. Oh no no no! Mm-hmm. They do have like a vendor row, which is pretty solid and stuff like that. But yep. yeah, I mean, when you're going, well, I paid my twenty dollars. I did my part. No, you didn't. Yeah, <laughs> nah, come on now. No, that's and, the sooner all, That's just getting you a spot to stay. Yeah. Like all that vendor stuff, you're, you're buying your meal plan from those people, or you're going out and individually buying all the things, or you brought your own food. You know, that, that's just getting you in the door and getting you to camp in that place. Well, and, and I would ask, too, as as uh, folks who have both run events and, and, I mean, even just run specific parts of events like like the kitchen, of course, but I mean, how much planning really goes into one of those? Like, how how in terms of weeks, how much planning would you say actually happens? Uh, we'll go with Kate uh, it, first. It totally depends, man. If we're doing actually, like, I'll just call it the standard amp guard event, that's actually a whole lot less planning than, say, something like Crystal Chronicles. That takes I, a lot of planning. Yeah, I was, I was thinking Crystal and Chronicles. We're straight up forming the rules because yeah. uh, the, our, our rules didn't really quite cut it at the time. V8 is way more compatible with what we were trying to accomplish, though. Well, like, Kate, how, I mean, how much planning would you say went into Crystal and Chronicles? Uh, okay, I'll, I'll go with my memory of the most recent one. And I want to say that we... We already had, so we started kind of late on that for, for reasons, um, but it was June when uh, when we, it was early June, I think, when I got in touch with Teflon to be a, a, a faction leader. That seems about um, right, yeah. Uh, there had already been planning prior to that. For the event in October, right? For the event in October. Right. That's why I make sure that was there, there was, where we're talking. And, yeah. And that was because, it, and I would, I would say there had already been planning prior to that, but that was the eighth year we'd run it. So you, we've also got seven years of planning already in the bag for, you know, the general structure of the event and things like that and how how we're going to do money and, and items. And, you know, we'd already tried a bunch of things out at that point. And we were bringing in our... Um, you know, our, our second tier of leadership in June at wow. the beginning of June. Um, I, I don't know the date I talked to the first person. I know the date I talked to the last person. Um, and it was, it was mid June, uh, when I talked to the last person in that second tier of management, second tier of, of responsibility. Um, and, uh, so yeah, that's, that's how much playing went into it. And then we had, fairly regular meetings um i also you know partly because uh you know i was feeling a little lazy and i didn't want to do it all myself um but really that the idea was was good delegation trying to get the like the faction leaders to discuss with each other you know okay how are we going to catch grim rar uh, from, you from Kazan, Kazan's faction, <laughs> what items can is Kazan's faction going to be able to use to capture Grimar? Grimar, you come up with something, you know, and then you guys, here's your here's your uh, quests that I want you to work on before our next meeting. Come up with ideas, and then we'll all throw ideas back and forth on on you know these types of quests that are going to involve each other's factions. So we had a number of meetings. I don't know that it was weekly, but there were it was at least bi-weekly that I think we were having meetings yeah. 
Yeah, this last time, not bi-weekly, but almost all the years in the past, when we started coming closer to the event, it was weekly meetings. Yep. yep, um, yep. But earlier out, it'd be like once a month, and it'd be like every other week, and then it'd be like once a week coming in, uh, you know, closer. Um, but yeah, this, this, yeah, this last year, we didn't really need to do that as much uh, uh, for a multitude of reasons. Um, uh, so I think also uh, a good part of that, it was uh, being able to establish a different, uh, a different organization for our leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas before it would be like four, three, four kind of like equals kind of trying to negotiate things. Um, this year we were finally able to, uh, establish that it would be okay among the people that were going to be running the things that we would have one head. Um, that was something that personally I wanted for a long time, but uh, some people in the crew weren't okay with. Um, I really am a big fan of, uh, yeah, we have a, a, a bunch of folks, you know, a number of folks that bounce ideas, you know, who know what they're doing, you know, like a number of folks, a small crew. Yeah. A people who know what they're doing, have a good idea, but we have one head. So in the end, someone has to be the decider. Yeah. Um, and that is so much better than trying to just kind of negotiate with each other so much. So at some point, someone's got to make the call and we move boom, boom, boom. And by having Cade do that this last time, that saved us all a lot of, uh, a lot of time, I think. Yeah. Thanks, I think Kate. it's it's really important to have a quote unquote manager or whatever you want to call it position that may be still involved with everything as far as uh, like, maybe they're, they're good at Warcraft type stuff. So you involve them there as well, but um, to organize, to uh, make the decisions, like you said, and to like delegate the, the things that come up that you're like, Oh, this isn't quite mine, but this is a really good idea and get them moved around to the correct people. And that way you have someone to look to, to get the groups together um, and, and get everything moving more correctly and efficiently. Yeah. I mean, we could, we like delegate things like this person handled this purse, this thing, this handled this, this thing. But sometimes we things we like overlap a bunch, but, but even more so again, like we have two, two great ideas we could go either one and we can't really seem to, you know, come to a conclusion on that. Mm-hmm. But by having one ahead, you can just, it's going to be this one. Yep. They're both yeah. great. We're going to do this one and just roll. Mm-hmm. Right. I, the the point I was getting at with the question of, you know, how much time does it take planning these events is, is to demonstrate there is no shortage of opportunities out there. If you want to if you want to do this and this is something you think that you'd be good at, there is no shortage of places where you can step in and help and do something. Yeah. I mean, even with Crystal and Chronicles, which we've mentioned multiple times here, the leadership structure there changed over time. And I mean, it, it has to. And, and it, it didn't but because people got burnt out. People came back after they had done it for a while. But new some, people stepping up. New people stepping up. And I would, I'm actually going to give a shout out to Tarlock here, who we mentioned earlier. Oh, man, yeah. Was, mm-hmm. he, came in, he, he came in and started helping, and I don't think he was a seraphim just yet. I think that part of the, the work that he put in and help that he gave is kind of one of the things that pushed you guys towards saying, hey, you know, maybe this is somebody that we want in the, uh, in the group. Um, oh. He he was he was already my man at arms. Was he? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but I picked him for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, was know. was he your first? Uh, no. Okay. Good. 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 No. <laughs> first name shall remain unnamed. Okay. Um, but uh, but my my first my first was not a good fit, um, and. Uh, I think I made choices for the wrong reasons. And I, I think this time I made choices for very right reasons. Um, you you we have another guest here. Guest yeah. star. Yeah, do we have another, <laughs> do we have another kitty? What's this kitty's name? Yeah, this is, this is Lara. I think she's tried to sleep on your face before Flo. She has. Uh, 
Yeah. She was trying uh, to steal my breath. This cat is older than some, some of the amp guarders in our kingdom. <laughs> it's like 17 now. Oh, man. And, oh, oh, wow. oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I talked about your age. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. She can almost buy cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do actually have a snake here. People would say, because you have a snake, you must be a Slytherin. But my snake is Gryffindor colors. Um, <laughs> but I, I uh, can actually look at my sister-in-law and say, I have a pet older than you. So, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, your 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 uh, snake can actually legally drink if it was a human. Yeah, he's he's twenty two. Oh wow! Yeah, wow! Yeah. Can we all just yeah. take a moment to contemplate the uh, the implications of drunk snake? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know you get a rat drunk first or a mouse, and then feed the snake? No, it curls its tail around <laughs> the beer and just kind of. <laughs> so. Uh-oh. Um, I think that was somewhere in that Robin Hood movie. (laughs) 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 What part of Georgia are you from? South Central? Um, (laughs) So different Robin Hood movie. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking Disney, you know, Sir Hiss. Yeah, that's where I went. Is is that the is is that the Kevin Costner one? Is that (laughs) these men in tights here? Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) you're men in tights. We're Disney. Oh, the fox. The 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 one with the fox. Fox, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The fox. Sorry, I went to the Kevin Costner one after that, which has one of my favorite lines in any movie ever. It's Friar Tuck, who in the background says, uh, is talking to the Merry Men for the first time and says, and now, me boys, we will discuss one of God's finer uh, creations, beer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we are uh, running on somewhat of a time limit because our recorder is going to shut off at exactly... Two hours and I think three minutes. The IRSD card has that much space left in it. Yeah. So <laughs> I want to give some time for both of you. If you have a fun, funny, or crazy story that has happened to you and Kazan, you can't use the same one. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's my gig. I retell stories on the podcast The um, to share with us. And I want to start with Cade because I like him better. Um, <laughs> Cade, do you have a fun, funny, or crazy story that you'd like to share with uh, the greater Amp Guard world. Uh, okay, don't don't pick the one I've got in my mind. Which one do you have in your mind? Uh, uh, hmm. Well, because if, uh, if you tell it really fast. Oh, yeah, that's I'll a great story. story. I'll definitely use that one. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Actually, so not not Amp Guard. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to to Daggy here here because it, it's it is Amp Guard adjacent. Right. Um, as a story. <laughs> Um, there was, uh, we were, we were at, uh, Ragnarok for our first year at Ragnarok and, uh, and I checked out their website ahead of time and, uh, and seen that they had this thing called Banner Wars. And I was like, oh, that sounds really exciting. And a uh, short version is essentially nighttime capture the flag. And it plays like from 9, a- 9 PM to 2 AM every day of the week. And this is a, this is a more than week long event. Um, but you've got 9 a.m. to, to uh, 9 p.m. to 2 a.m. all week long, um, and so I, I, you know, pushed our our little tiny seraphim group. I think we had like four or five seraphim fighters there that that week. Um, I was like, we should do this thing, and uh, I got the ravenous crew and some high spires people that were camping with us to jump in on it. No idea really how this is all going to work, and uh, and and said. Okay, fine. They, they kind of threw me under the bus and said, you're putting us up for this. You have to team captain um, and sent me up to the meeting. Uh, 
And so our, our little crew down in our little swamp, and that's what it was because it rained a whole bunch and we were right on top of the water table. <laughs> there was a little creek that ran past our camping zone. So when it rained, we were essentially just thick with mud. Oh, no. um, and uh, and we, uh, we definitely showed up. Um, the people that we had fighting for us, there were, there were like set team sizes. You'd only have 15 active members at a time. So we recruited a little bit from other people we knew from, from the Southeast and Daggy here that were like camping in our zone. Um, and, uh, at, we, we, had, we went and captured the flags of both other teams that were playing. There were only two other teams playing at the time and had defended them so effectively that they teamed up against us and came down 30 against our 15 and we still drove them out and uh, we're yelling things at them like get out of our swamp Shrek style. <laughs> uh, so that that was that was a lot of fun um the the last day the last night we um they managed to capture a, a flag back from us uh uh that's what was we that we'd actually taken one night off because of the mardi gras parties we left jarek <laughs> to defend the flags by himself um, uh, and with, with one other person. And, um, and he made a raid on one of their camps by himself with our one other person that was supposed to be holding the light on a stick, just yelling out to, uh, to people that didn't exist, uh, you know, come in from this side, come in from that side. Um, the next day they said, man, that was a lot of fun. I, how many of you guys were there? And he's like, there was just me. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and that that was that was fairly epic and then the last night we literally just walked our team up to up to their base uh slaughtered them for the flag and sat there and waited the the time limit while our flag runner ran down and came back slaughtered them a second time took the flag and walked back home um but i think one of my favorite parts about that was we had a we had like a captain's meeting uh, later late in the week, um, and we were just all sitting around and talking and uh, and these guys were daddy here people from up north and I don't want to disparage Amp Guard from up north, but they asked you know where we were from and I said oh I we don't you know play as much daddy here we mostly play Amp Guard and I'm pretty sure at least one of them caught a fly. <laughs> uh, like wait we just got cleaned up by amp garters um so so that was pretty awesome i'm pretty sure that was also the same ragnarok where we were walking down the big heartbreak hill and kazan's shoe got messed up and he said oh this shoe's had a good run i've had it for 20 years and uh the person standing next to him said Oh, that shoe's older than I am. Oh, no. <laughs> his shoe. Woo! <laughs> Off into the woods. Um, and that, that was that was also awesome. <laughs> I, I empathize, Kazan. Kazan, did I take your story? No, you did not. Excellent. Okay, go for it. Your turn. <laughs> All right. So we're heading, to, we're heading to this little event, and we're just driving along, doing our thing. And uh, we grabbed some fast food, and uh, one of our one of our um, our folks in the back starts uh, eating some fries or something. <laughs> and it just kind of sticks in their throat, and there's like, huh, huh. so one of our guys in the car just like hits the guy in the back, boom, boom, hits him back a few times, boom. Next thing he goes, 
Whoa, projectile vomits from the back seat, like oh up my in the front, like the center console, and like up in like kids' arms driving. It's like, oh! <laughs> we're just like, oh my god, that was the horrific thing ever. So I'm like calling, like, like as quickly as I can, like calling the people, the car in front of us because we're we're your car, car uh, caravan, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like pull over, pull over now. And we're like, just dive off to the side and like immediately pull off this campsite. We all like burst out of the car, like. Oh! <laughs> oh my gosh it was, it was just horrific and and then uh so the the person we threw up like their their pants were just soiled with nastiness yeah you know so i'm like all right well i mean i, I got a pair of swim trunks you can borrow you know whatever so i lend the swim trunks and i don't know what it was but this person decided that swim trunks need to come up like above the navel and so they're all up real nice and high oh, and i'm no. like looking awkwardly i'm like so, um, uh, you know, are you going, are you going commando? Are you, uh, yeah. Oh, it's cool. They're yours now. They're the type that like the lining in them and everything. And I'm just like, no, no, it's fine. You, you can just keep these. Um, yeah. and, then, and then, um, so that wasn't the only casualty. Not only did the pants just get just wrecked, but there was also a pillow involved. And, um, and this pillow had been, uh, connected this person for a very long time and sometimes we get very connected things like stuffed animals and stuff like that um and so this way i, I was very precious and mm. so um unfortunately i had to lay it to rest and oh, no. we did like a whole like you know funeral kind of service thing it was it was very very you know <laughs> uh heartfelt and then we moved on um but uh, yeah that's uh that's one of those uh stories on the way to event right there yeah. <laughs> oh no yeah, yeah that's, that's a really comes. good one <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! Uh, let me. See. It was mourned. It was mourned on the way to the event as well. Oh, yes. I man, I, that's rough. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how you uh, make it. Some some other podcast will will talk about Electric Amp Guard. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. That's where I, we had we had a uh, like you know, like foam foam weapons that were hooked up to an electric fence. Uh, oh, oh man! Yeah, nope. So no, 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 no. On no. That, We've got uh, this is an fighting, but <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not Amphard. Fair um, enough. But that was fun. Uh, we'd love to do that again. Flo, no. you have a. He said no. He no. said no, 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 no. You have like a, a side project, yeah? That that you're doing with the the not Saturday electric night. fences. Yeah, the Saturday night bar dick where you oh, can I have am, yeah. tell the stories. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I'd actually like to have both of you on. Uh, Wacked is going to be doing. Uh, a uh, segment called Saturday Night Bardic. They'll release every Saturday night, and it's stories from around Boffer World. Uh, so maybe that would be a really fun one to tell there. I actually have one that I could add to it where when we, the Knoblander that the Triads went to, the person who was going to be the general of the other army wanted to bring razor wire to run around their camp. Um, the um, fuck? <laughs> yeah, so they're, they were they ended up not being the general. No, 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 okay, we can't army. tell the story now. we got to save it for Saturday Night at Bar. Yeah, though. right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I actually, we have a little bit of time left. Yeah, we're, got... we're coming up on it, but I was wondering if I could request a story. Ooh. Oh, no. And this is from Kazan, though Cade may know this story as well. Could I request the Dag Senpai story? <laughs> uh, <laughs> i was thinking about that i'm like oh saturday bardic yeah like uh that's probably a good time when i should tell that one it's like, it's like, it's like so we can save it um, we can save it if you want for we, saturday night bardic I, I i think i think we'll save that one 
and I'll loop people into watching it. Right? I'm gonna. Because you're gonna be our first episode. It's you're... good. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Let's spoil that one content. Work. It, it's that one's fun. That one's fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. Um. Yeah, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you so much for for coming on. I just uh, I like to to do a recap, especially because this is our last episode. This has been the quickest like hour and forty five yeah. minutes I've ever sat. I know, through, right? Um, I like to do a recap, especially because this is our last one that we're doing for the month. First off, I want to thank all of the guests that we've had on for this month: uh, One Joe, Regan, uh, Kazan, Cade, uh, and Sir Roger. Uh, Sir, Sir Roger. Roger, man, I'm so sorry, Sir Roger, that I forgot that. <laughs> Uh, thank you all so much for coming and uh, talking to us. Thank you so much for giving your advice to new players. Uh, thank the uh, thank you both of you for talking to us about your experiences coming up through uh, Flame and some things that work for you and some things that didn't. I think that it's really important for people to hear from the people that have already gone through the journey that everything wasn't always perfect, uh, and in it was your ability to find workarounds and continue going that has really gotten you to the place that you're at right now, because there's always going to be something crazy happen. Um, I, uh, uh, you're, you're looking at two people that are uh, heavily responsible for the kingdom becoming a kingdom through the actions yep. that, uh, that they've taken. So uh, from everybody here on the WAC group uh, and everybody in Winter's Edge, really, thank you both so much. And I look forward to you getting knighted at some point, Cade, maybe if... Cause, COVID restrictions ever lift in a couple of years, five or so? I think it's actually on on Clover's to-do list. I don't know that for certain because I'm not privy Lifting to every Lifting like having we, a real event? It. No, no, yeah, no, we, no. We Knighting Cade. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's awesome. So that's I don't awesome. know where that is. I know it's it's probably on the... I know I left it for him. It's like a please do these things. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Um, it, for now, it's though... It's been discussed. Good. Lucas. good Excellent. Good. Uh, Lucas, you want to roll us out? I'll push the button. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on YouTube or Spotify to get notified about new episodes. And make sure to follow us on Facebook for announcements and more.